Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Perpetually Correct, a football show this week. Brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media, I am your host, J-Mac, joined by JB and Kyle Beats. Kyle, welcome back. JB, what's going on, buddy? Oh, it's good to be back in the studios, J-Mac. We had to do some heavy lifting last week when uh, Kyle went out of the country and didn't have any Wi-Fi to help support. Enough for uh, a show. You guys should have seen us. Cal was glitching in and out about every minute we'd get a frame. He couldn't hear us talking. So J-Mac and I would, you know, try to interject and he'd talk over us. It was like we were 12 again and having our mother just yell. So <laughs> said, screw it. We're dropping Kyle. We don't need this. We left him in the dust and record. He's probably still talking 30 minutes into the show and had no idea. Probably. <laughs> well, it's glad to be back. I was not out of the country. I was actually in state. Uh, my friend's overly priced apartment that does not have internet that works, which makes absolutely no sense. But uh, you can't drop me because I went two and one, and you guys certainly needed that last week. Yeah. I mean, I think we did okay without you, but uh, I'll, I'll say this. When we got done with the episode, we looked at each other, and we were like, we had to talk a lot. That sucked. Uh, yeah. I, I was like, you know, I kind of got in this routine of, you know, transitioning, throwing the game to both of you, being able to kind of take five minutes back. And I was like, man, I got this is a lot more work. I forgot. This is, you know, it's like, you know, you take the training wheels off the bike and you're like, good gracious. It's so much easier to drive. Exactly. Uh, but, well, I'm glad hey, to be back, nevertheless, and uh, ready to talk some football and actually been even dipping my toe in the, uh, the play, uh, baseball playoff a little bit. Well, yeah, and that lead just said we saw the Washington Nationals clutching four games last night, and fortunately tonight we're without any real sports, I would say, unless you're watching the Troy football game. Um, but no sleep on the Sun Belt. Exactly. We got a rain out out in New York, but J-Mac, um, you know, this is a Nationals team that I've been all over yep. since really we started this show and a team that youth said had no direction had no idea what they were doing. You threw them to the dust. I bet them at 50 to 1 to win the World Series. I'm sitting on a nice ticket. J-Mac, can you eat crow or Absolutely. how much crow do I need to throw your way? No, none whatsoever. I'll always put my hand up and say I'm wrong when I'm wrong and I was wrong. But I will say when I said that they were 19 and 31. So I mean, it wasn't a great start, <laughs> but they fucking turned it on and kept it on. And I think that's what's impressed me the most about this team is they figured it out really quickly. Well, you know, and the reason I had so much conviction for this team was the starting staff, which we've seen obviously carry them. Patrick Corbin, Max Scherzer still being able to do it in the starting and bullpen row. And Strasburg has been elite. I mean, this is a guy whose talent's always been there. It's just been a case of health and being even when healthy and not on the IR, being able to still perform at the highest level. And I've absolutely loved what they did to stabilize everything. You know, Jan Gomes, I thought was a nice signing from Cleveland, you know, a guy who has postseason experience settled down in that staff. Well, uh, you, you know, bringing in 
Uh, Kurt Suzuki was another guy. Gerardo Parra has been a huge locker room guy for this team and allowed young players like Juan Soto to come into their own without feeling the pressure. And uh, and I think truly Ryan Zimmerman is still such a great locker room for mm-hmm. this franchise. So I, I couldn't be happier, but also I have a major worry. You know, I think back to the, you know, the same team Max Scherzer was on when they swept I believe it was maybe the Yankees. What was that, like, oh, seven? number yeah. of years ago. It's been a while. Yeah, and they had to wait, I think, eight days between, mm-hmm. you know, the AL pennant for the World Series. And with the weather delayed tonight, I mean, best-case scenario is they take the next two in New York and they start the World Series on Monday. Right. So this is a team at a minimum six games off, realistically, eight to ten. Um so, J-Mac, is that concerning? Because to me, that is. That's huge Definitely. for timing. That's, you know, a week and a half into colder weather for obviously, unless they're playing in New York, I mean, or unless they're playing in Houston, going to be more and more just back and forth between 30 degrees. So I have some major concerns with with the Nationals being able to get it fired back up in over a week. Absolutely. I think that's the most valid concern there is at this point. I, I I think regardless, we're headed towards a really good matchup, even if it's whether it's between the Yankees or the Astros. I personally think it will be the Astros. I just don't think the Yankees quite have the pitching to hang in there, but they could outslug anybody. So, I mean, I said that, but they were very silent on the bats last night. And so uh, I in a rain delay today gets them a little extra rest. And that way they're going to end up going against Verlander and Zach Granke again. So that makes things a little tougher on the national side of things. Yeah, the rest can really kill a momentum, especially in baseball, because momentum is so important because it's such a factor. Because, I mean, it just I think getting hot at the right time is more important than anything else in baseball. And so as long as they can sustain that and keep on. I mean, they'll be okay. I think it'll be a competitive matchup regardless of what happens there. Yeah, Look, I, I have a question real quick as a casual fan about moment about momentum because, you know, obviously that plays a role in basketball. Yeah. I would say certainly more than football. Football, I think game plan is just as important or more important. Basketball is probably 50-50. It sounds like, I mean, in your opinion, like baseball going into the World Series, momentum is just as important as far as scheme because, I mean, is that is that yeah, fair? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. These guys, and, and it's why every year it's so interesting to track the wild card winners. And that's what Washington was because you just get that taste and that feeling and you roll into it. The other teams have, you know, between three and four days off. Not like that necessarily uh, squashes it, but for a team exactly what we saw at the Dodgers, a team that clinched over a month in advance, then had five days off and then had to play a Washington team that was firing on all c- cylinders. You saw why they did win. I know it took five games, but when you're playing a great team like the Dodgers, that's the case. And, uh, you know, to touch what J-Mac mentioned, I think we're in for exactly what he mentioned. I think Houston will take this series. And I don't think it's necessarily a big gap in talent. I think it's a big gap in managerial decision-making. Aaron Boone's been absolutely managed in circles here, and it just starts with Brett Gardner hitting number three in that lineup. That has to be the worst. I mean – Jamie, I, I I couldn't. I thought it was like maybe a late scratch. Yeah, but I know I know the quad's been tough for Stanton, but Gardner hasn't hit in the three hole or near the top of the lineup most of the damn year. What well, is this? he hasn't hit there in a couple of years now? Like I like Brett Gardner as as a player. I can't stand him as a person. I think he's the absolute worst. But I mean, as that type of player, he's just one of those guys that can light a spark, which is but not necessarily all the time. He's older. He's a veteran all that. So you need to have that guy, you know, a little like tucked down a little further down. And so, I mean, you get to situations last night where you've got the, 
got two on, and he can't drive anybody in. He, I mean, yeah. Well, that's know. what I'm saying. The what was it the first inning? They got the first. You know, Jose Altuve hits the homer. Then you got uh, you know the first couple guys get on, and Brett Gardner comes up. You're like, okay, he does absolutely nothing in the at bat, and you know, just to pull it up for you guys. The most uh, he has started his most games this year, batting ninth in the order for the Yankees. There you go. And he had uh, so that that's where he spent the majority of his season is in the bottom half of the lineup in the most games at ninth. So I I don't get how you change that in the playoffs. To me, there's a difference in what we've talked about with momentum and guys being hot. But you don't drastically take a guy guy from nine to three, especially in a lineup like that. So. I just think he's overthought this whole series. I think AJ Hinch is putting his head into a freaking pretzel. Yes, um, it, it, it's kind of like watching, you know, some of these NFL coaches the past couple weeks. So, yeah, um, I, I think I think we're in agreement. We're going to have Astros Nationals, and I, I'm going to just say the Astros take it or whoever comes out of the AL just from this time off. I think it's going to yeah. just completely haunt the Nationals. I'm 100 percent with you there. Well, I hope you're right. I have a, uh, a big Astros ticket for the AL. Well, well, there you go. Well, we've had some recent news in the NFL with Jalen Ramsey parting ways with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. This has been a little bit coming, and I I may be telling for some folks after we saw Marcus Peters moved um, to Baltimore for basically scraps, a backup linebacker and a fifth-round pick. Uh, Cal, I'm going to throw it over to you. Is it a bigger deal that the Rams have lost Aqib Tlaib to the IL or the IR, and then had um, Marcus Peters moved, or is it a bigger deal bringing J- Jalen Ramsey in? It's a bigger deal bringing Jalen Ramsey in, and you know I, I I've studied DBs I think more so than most people that that watch the sport, and I do believe he's one of the top two or three corners in the league, uh, and because of his age, you got to look at Akeem Talib. I don't have him in front of me. He's probably thirty two. 33 years old, you know, he's been in the league a long time, right? So you got to look at at youth and longevity here. I don't think Jalen Ramsey has like character issues or anything like that. That guy hasn't gotten any trouble off the field. He's about football. I think he was just unhappy with that situation. He handled it poorly like an immature kid, but at the end of the day, I believe in, in in his ball. And honestly, Marcus Peters, when he was uh, having success in his first two years at Kansas city, I think he led the league in picks back to back years. He had like 16 picks in two years. I was a huge fan of his, but he was a cover corner, and that was about it. And he's got exposed a little bit over, over the last few years. I don't know if his speed has slowed down or, you know, maybe his technique is just, is, you know, a little more flawed than it used to be. But Jalen Ramsey is a complete corner. This guy can tackle. He can cover. He, he baits quarterbacks into making bad plays, and he's physical. And I, I get it. I think it's a win. My thing is, so zoom out. Uh, so I, I like what why they I, – I see why they added him. My thing about this trade is that it doesn't really address some of the bigger problems that the Rams have. And that's where this is confusing. If you would have said, and and we talked about this, I think, on the last couple of shows, where the Eagles acquired him. Well, that makes a lot of sense because the Eagles, they've got some holes and stuff they need to fix, but it feels like the holes that the Rams have are a lot more glaring. They've got a running back issue. Their O-line is not really as good as it should be. I mean, they the Patriots kind of exposed them last year as far as game planning goes, and it just yes. does not feel like they've recovered from that at all. It feels like people have figured out McVay's things well, now. And that leads me to exactly what I wanted to ask you about, J-Mac, because I, I agree. Obviously, 
Um, they've had some injuries along the O-line so far this year. It's actually graded out as the second worst O-line in football. So, um, J-Mac, you know, we've seen this before, Bill Belichick putting people's heads into a pretzel. I mean, is this something where we're just seeing a down year? Like, you know, Sean McVay has been so mentally screwed with after Bill just completely shut down his revolutionary offense. You know, personally, I'm a huge fan of Sean McVay. I think he's very much ahead of most of the league. Yeah. But I also feel like he's almost, you you know, you saw it last year, a Super Bowl hangover with the Eagles. You know, it's just that kind of, uh, for whatever reason, you, you know, you went to the top. and I know they didn't win, but it just feels like such a letdown. To an extent, are we seeing that you think with the Rams and the staff? Because it's yeah. pretty much the same parts, the same. Core yeah, parts. I, I think that's a good good observation. I don't think that's I don't think that's all of it, but I think that's a good portion of it. And like sure. I said, it just feels like they don't have quite the the wrinkle or whatever that they had found before. It just reminds me of guys like like I always think back to like Chip Kelly, for example. And that's not a great example, and I'm not comparing those two by any means, but like. Whenever like he was at Oregon, he had that that wrinkle. He was kind of ahead of everybody with how to run that yeah, he, that offense. He, he definitely invented or brought to college football the spread up tempo. I mean that, right. that that certainly you can agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. So it has that feeling where, but like when he got to the NFL, it didn't really work. It has that feeling a little bit where it's like they found their edge and then Bill kind of figured out what it was. And it just so happens to be Bill Belichick. I think, uh, right. I mean, we were, we were one bad call away from them not going to the Super Bowl at all anyway. So, I mean, I think, you know, our boys down in New Orleans have probably had it somewhat figured out as well. But it seems like now that that's being consistently shown, they're exactly. really, really struggling. Because it, to your point, it is the same staff for the most part. Well, it's the it, same staff. It's the same core parts. And, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily write them off yet. No, this definitely not. Team that beat the Panthers, they beat the Saints, and they beat the Browns to open the year. Uh, yeah, they, they lost to a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that had nothing to lose. Then they lost to two very much improved teams from last year to this year in the Seahawks and 49ers, and those are two of the teams that people have now had in their top five favorites to win it all. So, you know, it's kind of relatively speaking. Correct. I don't want to get too far off the Rams' boat because – you know, it's not like they've lost to horrendous teams here like the Dallas Cowboys. So I don't want to go too far off the reservation and say, oh, well, you know, you're just throwing up stinkers versus, you know, an 0-5 team like the freaking Jets. So Right. right. And that, that division is really competitive, though. They are going to mm-hmm. have to get a wild card if they're going to get in the playoffs. I'm not ready to write them off at all. Um, I think you guys made some good points. It is a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, but I think the biggest difference is that Todd Gurley is not Todd Gurley. They can't control yeah. the ball and run the- – uh, control the clock and run the ball like they did last year. And that's affecting their defense. And uh, going back to the, to the trade though, I was looking at just a transactional standpoint, J Mac, in terms of what they gave up and what they received, giving up the two first rounds, you are giving up a lot on top of that. I still like it, but if you do take a step back, you put the GM lens on. I agree. Y- yeah. You're not addressing the biggest issues on that team, even though I think that was an issue. Like that right. was definitely an issue. But- I think sometimes people don't understand how much of a difference an elite DB can make. Like, look how much the Chargers are missing Derwin James. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they have other holes that I think need to be fixed and, and addressed. So, from a GM standpoint, maybe not the best move. I still think they won in the trade, though, because I'm that much higher on Ramsey's ability over Peters. Sure. Well, yeah, and I agree. I think there's certainly more issues they can address. But, one, you have to take what's available. And guys like Jalen Ramsey – don't necessarily become available all the time. And, and if you look at the two first round picks to me, 
I mean, this is a top five talent in the draft, which is where he went and where, how he's playing. So when you're a team like the Rams, you're probably expecting to make the playoffs and pick pretty late in the first round. So, you know, what, what are you necessarily giving up here? Compared it's to- not the NBA though. It's not the NBA. I mean, the Patriots consistently hit on these first and second rounders though at 32 and yep. 64. It's true. I know, but you're bringing in a proven commodity and I think there is a price to pay for that. I don't sure. think that they're sure. in, you know, and, and honestly, I've talked about this before with J-Mac, and when you're looking at players to bring in in areas you can fill, uh, elite corners rarely hit the market. Elite safeties True. are middle linebackers. Exactly. You know, every year there's going to be offensive linemen, guards you can bring in on cheap contracts, take shots at, or even draft. There's always those guys you can, you know, bring it. It's an easier position to project out. So I do like the move because I think it just – clears up their offseason hey we got to go out and get a couple of linemen and then we're we're set you know you got your quarterback locked up obviously Gurley's getting paid so I think it provides them a lot of clarity going into the offseason knowing exactly where they need to address their needs and uh, I think Ramsey's going to be great in Wade Phillips system he, yep. you know that he loves to run man coverage and Ramsey loves to do that so I, I think there's a lot to like here and it seemed like he was just wasting away in Jacksonville at this point, just given the situation well, that was his happening. His back injury went away oh, yeah. overnight. <laughs> oh, it's amazing, right? It was a it was an Anthony Davis type situation. Yeah, just magically got better. At least he's dressing himself, but that's another it's show. Another that, day. He didn't leave in the middle of the game, coast. at least. <laughs> Dude, that is going to be... So you're talking about moving across three time zones. I mean, this could affect him for weeks. That's true. This is yeah. very much good. Yeah, I have no idea how he's going to eat team dinner so late in the night. Yeah, and I mean he, you know, he, he has the possibility of hurting his back with moving. There's just a lot of things that could happen. You know, it's a lot of factors. Well, before we get into a big NFL slate, we wanted to touch briefly on some college football. You know, we did see Georgia go down. So, Kyle, I want to start with you. Have you changed on your college football playoff predictions? Where do you currently stand? Well, I, I mean, I could just go down with the ship, but I think I'm going to do the intelligent thing and move off of my original four. Um, I am going to keep uh, Clemson in there, which is one of my original four. I'm actually going to take three of my original teams out and uh, and replace them. Wow. So Michigan, obviously, you know, know. I, I, technically no, right? They have one win. They could still win the Big, Big Ten. Shut the A football program happen, down. It's over. But yeah. <laughs> They Shut the whole They're not going to win the Big Ten. That's not going to happen, right? So I'm going to take Ohio State. I do believe Ohio State has a really good chance to go undefeated. Um, even if they lost one and won the Big Ten championship, depending how the chips fall, they could get in. Uh, I think one of those two things happens. So I, I like Ohio State to get in for sure. I keep trying to find a way for a Pac-12 team to get in, like Oregon, but and I'm not going to go back to Utah. I'm taking Utah out and uh, replacing them. Uh, with, with LSU. I, I'm going to go LSU. I feel really really confident in that. Um, you know, I understand going against Nick Saban and two is a really difficult thing to do, but seeing what I've seen out of LSU's offense this year, obviously we know what Joe, Joe Burrow brings to that program and how much that changes it. I always believe in their defense to perform and Alabama has, you know, a lot of un- unproven players aside from Tua and, and their receiving core. I mean, you have two start, I think their two starting uh, linebackers are true freshmen. So, I like uh, LSU to win. That's kind of my dark horse. And then I- I'm going OU. I don't see there's a, I don't see a way in hell they don't win every single game in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I that's about where I'm at too. I've got Clemson, Bama, OU, and Ohio State. I was just looking at Ohio State's schedule for the rest of the way. They play Northwestern this week. They play Wisconsin. That'll be 
Mm-mm. Nope. nope. I, that I don't, one, Wisconsin. Too many athletes. Agreed. Uh, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, Michigan. They're going to win all those games. Yeah, almost I don't, certainly. I don't see a way they don't win all those games by double digits. Yeah, I know. They've won almost all the ones so far by double digits. So I I've, so the only thing we have different is you have Bama and I have LSU, which is totally fair. And, and I'm just I, trying to do something different here. Those are a little bit interchangeable. I love LSU, but I just feel like they're what, let me look at their schedule. Jason talk or JB talk for a second. It, here. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think the Clemson OU, I, you know, those are two that I've said the whole time. I, I just don't see them losing or slipping up barring some drastic injuries. Uh, really where it gets boiled down is to where the SEC is going to fall because I think Alabama and LSU are both going to be 11-win teams. It's just yep. going to depend on their head-to-head matchup. They'll probably be number one and two in the nation, and that game's going to be absolutely insane in Tuscaloosa. So it comes down to, obviously, one of them will probably be 11-1 and one left out of the SEC championship, and then it will depend on who they're playing. Um, you know, if they do go ahead and face Georgia, in Georgia's 11 and one and beat Bama, who's a 12 and 0 team. And then you're sitting there with a 12 and one Georgia, right. who's SEC champions, a 12 and one Bama, who lost then an Ellis, an LSU that's 11 to one. I, I mean, that really throws a lot of kinks into, you know, how you make these decisions. So I truly hope that's the case because I, I love to see the college football landscape get a little shooken and a little, little scared and yeah, to I make too. tough choices. Um, typically that won't happen for whatever reason. It just, it, it seems like it never, we always have these doomsday situations and that's right. really the doomsday one, but I think it will work itself out before then. Uh, but I, I've said it the whole time. I think we have two LSU teams uh, flop out of this, you know, LSU and, uh, LSU doesn't play Georgia from here to the end of the year. Neither does Alabama. So it's just going to be that collision course. So, um, I'll be interested to follow Georgia. You know, they play uh, at Florida in a couple of weeks. They got Missouri at home at Auburn. Uh, you know, A&M goes to, to Athens as well. So do they slip up again? I'm not sure. But I would say uh, that's the kind of the team to monitor because they really hold a lot of the cards. Because I think if even if it's a 10-2 and two Georgia team going to the SEC championship that beats Bama or LSU, I would still think Bama and LSU would get in over an SEC champion with two losses. I, I, did, I just, I, did too. I think the way that we've seen it, we've seen the respect Joe Burrow and LSU are getting. It's a team that we've been high on in this podcast since the off season. So um, I, I think, I think LSU wins the SEC. I think they're going to go into Tuscaloosa. I can't wait to get probably plus seven and a half on LSU and just watch <laughs> Joe Burrow shred. Uh, the middle of the field versus Alabama, but we'll preview that in later detail. Um, but that, that's my prediction. I think LSU is going to be the one C, Clemson the two, OU the three, um, and Bama the four. Okay. So yeah. you're leaving Ohio State out of that. Undefeated yeah, I, Ohio I think State. They slip, I think they slip up. To JMX's okay. point, he brought there up, they go. got back-to-back weeks with Michigan and Penn State. They have Wisconsin, as JMX mentioned, in two weeks, and then they also have a Big Ten championship game. Uh, it's a team that hasn't really been tested yet. I love a lot of the parts, but I have question marks on Ryan Day as a first-year head coach. Okay. It's just a That's lot fair. to ask. And not everyone gets a Lincoln Riley type question or uh, type schedule as a first year. Um, but we'll see where we move from there. Do you, is there any way that any team or any conference besides the SEC gets two teams in in the next like five years? Like I just don't see it happening. No, I, I, I don't either. I don't think the Pac-12, the Big 12 – Pac-12 can't get one team in. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, until you shift that narrative um, that, you know, Bama and LSU and Georgia aren't elite. I mean, that's just where we're at. And until we see a national narrative switch, it won't change. Agreed. I'm with you guys. All right. Well, guys, we're going to, we're going to just head right into NFL. We got such a tall slate. You know, we do have a Michigan Penn state game. There's plenty of folks previewing that. Uh, we're, we're not Michigan fans around here, so we'll leave that off. Is yeah. that okay with you let's, guys? Let's just do yeah. that for the listeners and not talk about Michigan anymore because we yeah. can't predict them. <laughs> Is no. that fair with you, J-Mac? <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely good with that. I'm, I'm, I told you, get rid of Michigan's football program. They're dead to me. Get rid of it. All right. Well, so lay Penn State. All right. Uh, we're going to move into our favorite NFL segment, a Kyle Beats original. Would you lay it? Miami Dolphins edition. No bye weeks from here to week 17, guys. we got a full slate. So we got Bills minus 17 at home coming off a of bye week. Uh, Miami, baby. Miami messed up thoroughly with dropping. They would have walked in on that two-point conversion. Did you see him? He did like they mess it up? up? <laughs> he looked up at ownership, and they were like, drop it for two. <laughs> Don't you do it. just like, oh, yeah, I'm good. All right, I'm good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I thought he laid it off pretty well, though. Like, it was a drop, but not like, eh, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he didn't take any steps or anything. But right. now we'll start with you, the minus 17. Where are you looking? I don't see how you don't lay these 17 points. Like I know the bills offense isn't the most sexy in the NFL, but their defense is really good. And Miami is clearly trying to lose these games. We saw that last week. 17 points is not unrealistic at all. Um, I don't, I don't see a reason to not lay it. I'm, I'm taking, I'll lay 17 all day. Lay the money, put it down, bet the mortgage, do it all. <laughs> They're going to cover 17. No problem. This Miami team stinks. They know they stink. They're stinking on purpose. I love the, that Washington was celebrating a win last week. I bet that plane ride back was good for them. It had to have been sweet, regardless of the situation. But Bill Callahan did not let them watch a movie on the way back. It's the wind sprints, though, JB. It's the oh, wind sprints. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you. You got to lay this. We saw Adrian Peterson have a resurgence last week. I think you see Frank Gore have a resurgence <laughs> this week. So, yeah. God almighty. I am. I, we're gonna go back. We're gonna turn the clock back about a century here. It seems like uh, with these two running backs. But I, I agree with you. I, I mean, worst case, twenty to three. I mean, you probably run the ball fifty times this week and Easily. not even worry about throwing it. Easily, yep. and they won't be able to stop it either. But Fitz Magic's back, so He's back. you never know. Brocktober's over, but Fitz Magic is in. So don't yeah. bring up Brock. You know what? <laughs> Rest in peace. Brock Osweiler retired after seven glorious seasons. He started a game every time in his career in October. I always refer to it as Brocktoberfest. Rest <laughs> in peace, Brocktober. Kyle, would you like to guess how much he made in his career? Man, I know this number's going to be higher. No, 33. 40. No, he got a lot of guaranteed money from the tech. He made forty-one million. <laughs> that's dis- that's and, just disgusting. I mean, that's that's on the level of I don't even want to. That's that's worse than Sam Bradford. And I would like Marcus to remind. I'd like to remind you, Brock has a ring. He does. Oh shit! He yeah. beat the Patriots. Yeah. No, that was uh, Carolina, right? That was with Peyton Manning. Peyton yeah. Manning beat the Panthers, but right, Brock beat. New England that year in the run. Oh, oh, that's right. They did. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I Damn. thought you were talking about the Super Bowl, baby. Yeah, that's right. I thought you were talking about Super Bowl specifically. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm I'm sad to see him go, but he made a hell of a lot of money for not doing a whole lot, and that is incredible. Hey, you know what? I I salute him. He he's certainly a special guy. 
deserves the world. We we miss him. How quickly did Houston move on from that? My Real goodness. quickly. Wow. They saw they saw Deshaun Watson practice once. Yeah, yeah, wow. They 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 recovered real quick. They got rid of before Deshaun. Well, let's move into the games this week. We well, got a full slate of games. First of all, a lot of division matchup, it seems like, and we're going to start tomorrow night with the battered Kansas City Chiefs heading on the road as a three-point favorite to mile high as the Denver Broncos will take them on with an over-under of 49 and a, and a half. We've already seen a lot of injuries come out. The, still the left side of the line for Kansas City's out. Both defensive tackles. Sammy Watkins was announced already out. Kyle, I we got to have some concerns at this point after seeing kind of two goose eggs, especially with Kansas city putting up 17 in the first quarter and squandering it from there. Um, is this, where do your concerns lie with the Kansas city chiefs? I mean, obviously it starts with Patrick Mahomes health. We've seen that ankle get rolled up on like four or five times in the last two weeks. So that that's where it starts, but getting Tyreek Hill back is a big deal. He is a difference maker. And we saw it immediately last week. I mean, literally, literally like first drive. What scares me most about this game is that I actually think the Broncos are playing a little bit better and have a pretty good defense and could eat. I think they're better than their two and four record shows. Uh, that's my concern. The line chiefs lay in three. I mean, that looks pretty tempting on paper. I think that's something I'd stay away from. I wouldn't take Broncos plus three. I'm just not going to take the Broncos over Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I, I think Mahomes needs to think about the, the rest of the season here and just have quick releases. Maybe they run the ball a little bit more and just try not to do what he does so well and get out of the pocket and, and uh, you know, create, you know, create something out of nothing. That's what's getting him rolled up on though. So he's got to be smart about that. Well, so, let me, let me give you some quick stats. Kansas city versus divisional opponents, 22 and two straight up in their last you. 24 games, yep. 14 and four against the spread in their last 18 in 15 and three against the spread in their last 18 on the road. I'm, I'm not saying that that means any correlation, but it clearly proves the point that Andy Reid gets fired up with a nice game plan for these divisional games. I mean, you don't go 22 and two in your last 24 versus the division without a little bit, maybe extra effort than what you typically see. Right. Is that something that excites you for tomorrow night? I guess so. But my, th so I think, Kyle hit it on the head here, though. I mean, Mahomes' health is going to be the biggest thing. That Kansas deep, uh, City defense is terrible. terrible. They, they are terrible. They first downs. And further than that, I was just looking at the schedule. You have five more weeks until the bye week. At what point do you not just say, we got to sit him for a week and get him healthy? Yep. And that's where you. my concern here is. I'm not saying they're going to do that this week, but you've got Denver, you've got Green Bay, you've got Minnesota, and then you've got Tennessee, and then the Titans. Or sorry, the uh, Titans, and then the Chargers. Which two of those? I'm not that Titans game. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but like, I, I just I wonder at what point do you not have to sit him and get him right because you, he's not moving like he usually does. He's not as agile as he usually is. He's making up for it just fine. But I mean, I think we're seeing it when they're putting up less points here. They're, I mean, they're. They're losing every time. So I, I think I would stay away from this game overall. I will say, though, that everybody keeps talking about the Broncos' defense like it's the defense that won them a Super Bowl back in the day. Uh, back in the day, like it was that long ago. But you know what I mean. A few years back. And just right. and Von Miller's pretty much the only person that's still on that defense that was from that era of people. So like, I, I, I do think their defense is pretty decent, but I also think it's easy to look good against, I mean, Ryan Tannehill played 
against them last week. That Tennessee team is a nightmare. It really is. And they don't know what the hell's going on. So I don't know. I I don't know if they're any better than their record reflects or not. Two and four feels right to me for them, but I, I feel like I need to see more. I really do. Yeah. So I just stay away from this. Yeah, I mean, they've had some close losses and some just bounces that haven't gone their way. You know, obviously losing Bradley Chubb with the defense, I think, was a big yeah. big loss. And the quick turnaround, you know, the home teams always seem to have a little bit more of an advantage with uh, these Thursday night games for whatever reason, just not having to travel through all these time zones that gets Cal so riled up. Um, but I, I think it's just the line is just so telling to me. I mean, the fact that it is only minus three Kansas City, I think a couple weeks ago we would have been floored to hear that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think necessarily Mahomes, I mean, the ankles obviously bother him. He's obviously banged up. But I think more of the telling sign is just how poor the left side of the offensive line is playing with two backups. He's always under pressure. Right. And, and so to a point, you just can't always have him roll out and always ask him to twirl and dance. And I mean, that's asking too much on a battered ankle. He's fine to play and do everything he needs to do, but he does need to get a little help. I think this is a get right spot for Travis Kelsey, though. If there is an area of concern for quiet. Yeah, he's been pretty quiet, but Denver necessarily hasn't been fantastic covering tight ends to this point. Um, Tyreek Hill is more of a, uh, you know, an influence for for Travis Kelsey being able to stretch the fields. The safeties can't come down as far in the box. They got to stay a little bit more disciplined. And so I think now that Hill is back 100 percent, this is to me a spot. If you got Travis Kelsey, fire him up at DFS. Look at some player props, but I love the potential that we'll see uh, tomorrow night for Travis Kelsey to go boom. Um, yeah, I like that call. Yeah, overall, it's a tough game to predict. I, I think if Denver can get you know their game plan executed and stick to it and not get into a chasing factor, you know, lean on Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, you're going to run the ball on on Kansas City. They're missing both guys up front. No, they haven't stopped anyone on the ground. So. I think this is going to be a great game. I think if you've been 27-24, I don't know who to go. But, I mean, I feel like you got to take the points here. I just – we haven't seen enough out of Kansas City. And on a short week, I don't think they're going to be able to turn it around drastically enough to so win you're by taking Oakland. the points. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay. going to take Denver plus three. I, I, you know, three and a half is kind of out there depending where you look. I think you probably wait a little bit closer. But – I just don't see a situation as long as Denver, you know, uses their ground game early, establishes that, leans on the defense. It just doesn't seem like a chase game to me, but Thursday nights are weird. Yeah, yeah, Thursday nights are weird, and it's not something I'm going to put my money on. I mean, for the sake of the show, like I'll I'll take Chiefs minus three um, if I have to lean a direction, but it's not something I'm I'm incredibly confident in. I think it's going to be a fun game, though. And I will predict this. If Chris Harris is one-on-one at any point in time with Tyreek Hill, it will be a touchdown. Easily. Uh, Easily. Like he, There's no corner on that team that can guard him one-on-one. Hmm. No, the, the, there's not. I, I think there's going to be opportunity, but I think they're going to try to take away Tyreek Hill. They're going to definitely go over the because, top. And to your point, open up the middle for Kelsey. Yeah, if you look at what Vic Vangio's done in his career, that's kind of his MO. Exactly. He's that, he's that old-school mindset of, Hey, I want to make you beat me with 14 play drives instead of three play drives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with that old style, it does open it up. You can't have success versus teams like the Titans who are very impatient, uh, even though they do run it. Uh, But most of today's NFL just isn't patient enough to take five and seven yard passes. But Andy Reid is. 
but I still think there is an opportunity with the short week, the injuries okay. that Kansas City has. I just don't think you can make enough adjustments to correct the issues. And now you head on the highway. So I think there's just some compounding. And this is, I mean, this is Denver Super Bowl. They're two and four. They're on a two-game win streak. They got a lot of momentum moving forward. They know if they win this, they're only one game out of the freaking division at that point. Yep. And there's just a lot of things moving forward for Denver that I think it allows them to stay in this game. Maybe you look first half if you like Denver to come out with some energy uh, if you think Mahomes can pull away late. But I just think, you know, putting up a field goal at this point is too much with the current KC team that we have. Okay. That's fair. Perfect. Well, we're moving in from uh, Thursday night to Sunday morning. The Minnesota Vikings, after a huge win on Sunday, head on the highway, staying in the central time zone. No worries, Kyle. As they head uh, at Detroit, Detroit is a one-and-a-half-point dog with a curious over-under of 45. Uh, Kyle, I know you're a big you know, Minnesota Vikings believer here, so I'll start with yourself. Uh, you know, Matt Stafford off a tough Monday night loss. The game was possibly rigged. A lot of rumors flying rigged. around. Rigged. Uh, do you think Detroit rebounds? Is this a spot where they kind of unite up or lay down with the Vikings coming in with a steam? Well, first of all, I want to get one thing straight, and this tells me that you don't study time zones the way I do. Detroit's in the eastern time zone mm. just just by a little bit. So, Are big, they? Big yes. factor. Big factor. Yeah, it seems like the central part of the country, but it is eastern time zone. Um, so let's get, You let's are get... a time zone expert here. <laughs> we actually out, recently so. just had this conversation on the live stream, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, I do think Detroit can bounce back here. I don't want to say that game was rigged, but geez, man, those two calls on Trey Flowers, Ooh, those buddy. were not hands to the face. That was terrible. The pass interference was probably the most egregious, though. This was so obvious, even in real time. It's hard to see where somebody's hands are in real time. I do think Detroit bounces back here. I think Minnesota, and, and you guys know I picked them to win the division. I'm feeling okay about that. and I, I, I'm not going to get overzealous from what I saw out of them last week. I, I think Lions put that on tape. They don't let Stephon Diggs beat them over the top. They have Darius Slay, who I think is a better corner than anyone Minnesota has to offer. And I like what I'm seeing out of this offense. Like, they're actually – being somewhat patient running the ball and getting carry on touches and Stafford's picking and choosing his spots. Well, and people maybe don't watch enough of the lines to realize how talented Kenny Galladay is. So I, I do like them on a bounce back here. They're getting a point and a half at home. Is that correct? Yeah, they're getting a point and a half. Yep. So I'm going to, I'm going to take that for our show, our, you know, our picks here. I, I like the point and a half. And if it's my own money, I'm going to work them into a tee somewhere where I can get over a touchdown at home. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I I feel like I'm starting to buy a little bit of what the Lions are selling. I like it. Yeah. I, I So this is what Kirk Cousins does. We all know I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan, but he does this thing where he lures you in and makes you think he's a pretty decent quarterback, which he's fine, but he has not going to happen to me this week. No, I'm, I'm not letting him lure me into this. I feel like I'm taking the Lions here. They're going to bounce back after a really de- devastating situation like JB talked about a few minutes ago. I, I like Lions in the points. It's close, though. And I think this Lions team is a lot more uh, uh, competitive than we thought they would be. And truthfully, they should really have probably a better record than than they do. They should. They should have tied that Arizona game. That's terrible. Real quick, though, you you still, you take Stafford over Cousins all day, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing to monitor, and I say this every week when, with the Vikings, they're going to beat teams that they can run the ball on. 
Uh, Packers had plenty of success running the ball, and mainly that was because Mike Daniels and Deshaun Hand was out. Uh, Mike Daniels probably going to be out again this week with a foot injury. Deshaun yes. Hand has an elbow injury. Did get some practice in today. Ashawn Robinson did play on Monday night after being questionable, and, and praise the Lord he did because I think uh, Matt Patricia maybe would have lost his mind missing three starters across the defensive line. So that, that's what you need to monitor here. It's pretty simple to me. If uh, two out of those three guys are out again this week, I'm looking Vikings. If not, I'm probably going to stay away just because from the point you guys mentioned, I get sucked in with this Kirk Cousins, all this hoopla with him. I, I, mm-hmm. I just I, I don't know what he is still. It, it's a little bit troubling. Darius Slay is a shutdown corner. I absolutely love Easy him. Lead. And, and J-Mac mentioned it. I mean, I'm starting to buy into what Patricia's selling. Uh, we're all always very skeptical of former assistants from Bill Belichick so just true. because the track record Rightfully isn't so. great. Yeah. And I, when you look at what Patricia's done, he seems to really enjoy the step up in competition. You know, Kansas City, he put a great game plan. I know that was a point. very close game. They should have honestly won it. You know, great game plan versus Green Bay. You know, noon kick. Not in a, you know, kind of a letdown spot going from Monday Night Football short week. You know, I, I just don't know. I mean, th- this is what it's almost a game I want to see if I'm right on a couple of theories because I'm not sure Patricia necessarily gives it a hundred percent every week, and I'm not sure that this game gets him going as much as it did a prime time or an yeah. elite opponent. It's a good point. And, and and if we do have some injuries across the defensive line, it would really make me lean Minnesota. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this game, though. Out of all the ones we're going to get to, and even over the last one we just talked about, this is one I, I'm just as excited for as any. Yeah, it, it, so to wrap up this division, I know we had a, a write-in question. Uh, we had our, you know, when is it time to start buying into the the Green Bay Packers? And you know, this is a team that, you know, J-Mac and I were high on to an extent. Uh, I think it's always easy to buy into Aaron Rodgers and what he's doing. I'm not big on first-year head coaches, um, but you know it's a team at this point. They're winning without Devontae Adams, their biggest weapon. Exactly. You know they're leaning on Aaron Jones if the offensive line can stay healthy, and they still have a guy in Rashawn Gary that they took in the first round that's done absolutely nothing for them. So if he's able to develop and kind of come on the way Demarcus Lawrence did a couple of years for the Dallas Cowboys in the playoff run, they have a shutdown corner in Jair Alexander. Uh, they've retooled everything on the defensive side. Oh uh, uh, yeah, and they signed uh, the end, and he's playing terrific. He played yeah, great. Darius Smith has had yeah. a fantastic yeah. yep. season for them. Um, you I, know, Petten's really, you know, done a great job, and it's, it's a team. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. It just something feels off. It kind of feels like the Cowboys of last year, where they win all these close games, and you're just not sure how they're doing it. Yeah, and they're luck boxing into everything. And as a fan, you're like, hey, I don't care. It's a I'll victory. Take it. Yeah. Yeah, but until you get to the playoffs. Yeah, but then you're just watching and you're like, man, this offense really doesn't look great. They're always in great field position. It seems like it just seems like a lot of calls have gone their way outside of last night. Too, I just there's something about it that hasn't clicked for me. But Rogers is telling us that everything's a okay, and when he tells us that, it usually is. So I'm going to yeah. listen to him till we should. Uh, so I a thousand percent agree with all of that. I would just say that. The the best my gut feeling on this is that they somehow dance all the way to the playoffs and then just get smoked somehow that way. And oh, that's my that's my thought too. I think yeah. they're going to dance into a, a first round bye. Yeah, based on looking at the the rest of the teams in the NFC, have that week off. You know, someone comes into Lambeau hot off a wild card victory and boom. Yep, there I mean, you go. you're gonna you have potentially San Francisco Rams in L.A. could 
all you know all be wild card teams potentially. I mean that that's that's some tough draws that's to go tough. with. Yeah, yeah tough. Seattle, San Fran, LA could all make it. I think that's fair. Yep. But man, I, the the Packers doing it without Devontae Adams is that's that's the bottom line of why I'm not going to doubt him at this point. And they yeah. get Jamal Williams back so they can continue to run the ball. It's fair. Yeah, well, absolutely. We're moving into another divisional matchup. The Houston Texans, the team that we've been uh, much disagreed on on this show, uh, head on the road to the Indianapolis Colts, who are fresh off their bye week and big win over Kansas City. Colts a minus one-point favorite over under a 47-and-a-half. Uh, we saw now the Texans and Colts both play back-to-back versus KC, so we have a pretty good barometer. Both teams hung very tough with them, except the Colts' defense, I would say, looked a lot better with a lot less weapons. Uh, Darius Slender should be back in the fold. The team looks pretty healthy outside of Malik Hooker, who we both talked about as key. Um, Kyle, where are you leaning here? I'm, I'm going to guess just Houston based on our previous conversations, but what's your thoughts? Man, for as much shit as I've pit- eaten on from you guys about picking Houston to win the division, I guess you guys are, aren't hating on that as much as just how much I love Houston. And Justin knows it's more so about how much I love Deshaun Watson, but – I mean, you got to kind of believe in them at this point. I mean, I don't believe in them in the playoffs. That's the thing. You yeah. know, we just got done talking about that for the, the Packers. Totally a Houston Texans type of thing to happen where they go maybe 11 and five and have a really good season, 12 and four, but don't get it done in the playoffs. That being said, for this game, man, it's a, it's a tough line. Uh, I, I think I would work this one. <laughs> it's amazing how I find these so quickly. This is my issue into the teaser. So if I tease the Lions to seven and a half, I can turn around and tease the uh, the Texans to a touchdown. Um, I, I like that. I think they keep this game close because it's in the Texans' DNA to keep every single game close, whether they're going to win or lose it, whether it's a good or a bad team. Mm. So when you get a touchdown in there, I think that that makes it that makes it intriguing. And I look for Deshaun to have a big game, even though, like you said, the Colts look good. Um, held Mahomes to a, a pretty subpar game. I think Deshaun has another big week. Probably not five touchdowns though. Yeah, I, I, my thoughts on here. Give me the Colts here. I'm still not 100 percent on Houston. It's not a. Not. It's not. It's not a knock on Deshaun. He has proven himself. It's the rest of this team. It's Bill O'Brien. It's all that stuff. I feel like secondary the, is sketchy. The ske- the secondary is definitely sketchy. It definitely feels like they're struggling there a lot. That's what they're going to try to do. They're not going to pound the ground nearly as much. They're going to get the ball in the air. The Colts are, and I think that's a, the biggest key here. I. I just I'm 100% with you Kyle. I, I like I like the Texans okay in the regular season. I don't like them nearly as much as you are simply because I don't believe in Bill O'Brien. We've talked about this pretty much every episode yep. and I don't believe in the rest of what's going on with that team aside from a few key pieces, but I just don't think they put it all together and I don't intend them to. It's one of those things I say this about the Texans every year, show me something in the playoffs, they never do. Particularly in this spot, though, really close games. They've done really well the last couple of weeks. They got down real big, came back. That's impressive. And Deshaun willed them back to that damn thing. Yep. And, and I, dude, I, I think the biggest factor to me is I feel like Hopkins just hasn't really been as hot as he has been in the past years. At some point, they're going to get him going, though. Yeah, they're just he's just getting doubled straight up. But oh, yeah. The, the biggest thing that I saw from this weekend, it's on Kansas City, who has eight terrible and just an atrocious run defense i think the the colts are much better so this is where something's got to give carlos hyde looked really good and that run game looked pretty solid and you know if they can continue if they can do that to the colts they will win the game i just don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball like that on the colts 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. And Carlos Hyde's had a resurgence of a year. A guy who yes. honestly looked like he was uh, kind of approaching CJ Anderson territory. <laughs> right. I digress. Um, yeah, I'd agree with both you guys. I think it's going to come down to the run game, which sounds obvious for a lot, but that's what the Colts want to do here is establish the run. Jacoby Brissett doesn't really throw many balls past 10 yards. I mean, that's not what, it's not the way this offense is designed from Frank Richard. Um, and, and sorry. Um, and so I, I think in this with the Colts coming off the bye, I say this pretty much every week with these teams, it's how quickly you can knock that rust off. Um, yeah. With the new CBA, these teams don't really practice as much as they used to or are allowed to. So sometimes you can kind of see some guys lay an egg. Um, so I'm not sure if that's the case with the Colts here, but it's a game I would sit here and enjoy. If you had to pick it, I would say the Colts, because I think they have more of the ability to establish what they want to do uh, on the ground, and their defense does look a lot healthier than it has in the past. And I just think, you know, going multiple weeks on the road, like we're seeing with the Texans, can kind of present, uh, you know, a tricky ability, especially with a tight division game. So I'll, I'll take the minus one with the Colts, but, you know, nothing I'm going crazy on. Big division game, though. I think these are the two teams, now that the dust is, dust is settling a little bit, that are going to be there at the end in this division. And, you know, I like I said, I just I, something feels good about Houston in this game to me, but uh, it, it is something I would tease. Sure. Fair. Well, with the battle of the bastards, I mean, backups with the Saints and Bears this week, New Orleans Saints head on the road to uh, frozen Chicago coming off their London bye week. The Bears are a three point favorite with the famous Chase Daniels with uh, probably the lowest total we've seen so far this year. Thirty eight. Um, J Mac, um, we got over under 38 with uh, no Mitchell Trubisky and no Drew Brees. We're going to uh, Chase Daniel and Teddy Bridgewater here. Where, where are you looking? They actually announced today that uh, Mitch is going to be good to he's, go. He's a game time decision. Yeah, game I decision. saw questionable, but it, okay. it, they said they wanted him to go, but yeah. it just seemed a. But does that do it? I mean, that doesn't no. change. <laughs> that doesn't change anything for it me. Doesn't change much. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think the line would move at all, to be quite honest. No, I, I'm with you here. I'm actually taking the Saints here. I, I like I, – tr- it comes down to coaching in this game for me. Give me Sean Payton over Matt Nagy any day of the week as far as game planning. It seems like seems like Teddy has uh, settled in a little bit more. He seems like he's really kind of starting to feel himself in the offense. I do question a little bit. I think I saw right before we came on the air that Alvin Kamara may – be dealing with a bit of a high ankle sprain. That yeah, really yeah. concerns me in this game. I really don't know what to do in this game. I may stay away from it, but if anything, give me give me the Saints and the points. Yeah, I think I'm taking the points here as well. That under is tempting because there are two defenses that are playing really well, and more importantly, two backup quarterbacks that are essentially just trying to manage this game. 38 is awful low, though. Um, I think I would stay away from that. But I, I wouldn't go over here because the odds of this game going 16-13 are, are, are pretty high. Uh, I'm taking the points for sure. I don't trust Trubisky. I don't trust Chase Daniel. Uh, I know this is a home game for the Bears and a game that it feels like they kind of need to win to, to keep. It's not a must win by any means, but it's a it's a game they need to win more so than the Saints do for sure. And Because the Saints have done so well as far as just having Teddy in there and just coasting until Breeze gets back. Regardless of Kamara's injury, though, I, I like the Saints to win this outright. I, I wouldn't money line it, though. I'd take the points for sure. You guys are both nuts. This Saints team is beyond overrated. 
they're playing with house money here with Teddy. Teddy Bridgewater has been asked to do absolutely nothing in these four games. He did because nothing he has Michael Thomas. the Cowboys. He did nothing last week. He hasn't been forced to do a damn thing versus anyone so far. And his defense has been playing lights out. This is he's going to face the best defense that he's probably faced arguably in his career. Sure, the, the, it, it feels to me like a situation. To your point, Kyle, it's a must-win for Chicago. They know their season's kind of on the line here. You can't go out and throw up a stinker. You know, you give Matt Nagy, who's a terrific game planner, two weeks to prepare, and that's what I love about this. With whether it's Chase Daniel Trubisky, it doesn't matter to me. I think Teddy's going to be eat, eating the ground this whole game. The whole time and moving forward, I'm just going to absolutely be hammering the Bears at minus three. I, I just think it's a letdown spot. The Saints going back to back weeks on the road. I just don't see how they get up for this. They know Breeze is probably right around the corner to get back. The, the division's pretty much theirs. I'm not worried about Carolina in the long term here. It just seems like a total letdown spot from the Saints. And the Bears, I, we're going to get an all-in effort. It's an absolute all-in effort right. game for the Bears. Like I just said, I mean, it's a way more important game for the Bears to win than the Saints. I'm with you there. But you just said it. The Saints defense is really hot. What makes you think that it's not going to continue to be hot in, in Chicago? You know, I mean, I just don't trust Chicago's – Chicago's offense just cannot score that many points. I'd like to see how many games they've scored over 20 points, you know? Uh, Matt, Matt Nagy is a terrific – head coach i think he's going to be able to set up a nice game plan with the extra time to prepare i just think it's a situation where a lot of things are falling into place for them i think they're really going to lean on david montgomery too who's been an absolute can be an absolute weapon for them they just haven't allowed him to be yet but with the extra time they can implement more in i just think this is a situation where we see a little bit more from david montgomery than we have year to date the Bears are 30th in offensive production in the league, so I'm, I'm sticking with go. the Saints here. It's That'll be a good rival thing. Let's see how it goes. Great. Yep. Love it. Well, we have uh, two teams kind of heading a crash course in the playoffs. The Baltimore Ravens head on the highway up to the northwest to face Seattle, traveling through multiple time zones. Kyle's oh, already calculating what that means. Uh, Seattle minus three and a half with Kind of a high over-under for what you would think in a Baltimore-Seattle game of 49. Uh, Kyle, head to you first. Where does the calculation start with the time zone travel? I want to see a stat on what teams' records are when they cross the Rocky Mountains, whether it's whether it's by, by bus and their D2 college teams or these are chartered NFL flights because I bet it's not good. That being said, <laughs> D2 college teams, we're going to have to really get some interns working here. to get. <laughs> we'll D2. get them on it. We're on it. You can't even see what those bus routes look like. Uh, so, <laughs> so the NFL. If if you look at it, I mean, I think I think Baltimore at Seattle is the most intriguing game this week. Uh, follow for me, followed by Minnesota and Detroit. I'm really excited to see Lamar Jackson versus Russell Wilson. That's what everybody's been talking about all week. I want to see Lamar go off in this game, but. Something just makes – I just really feel like Russell Wilson and, and the Seahawks are going to get the best of them. I'm actually surprised the line's not a little closer to five or six. I would ta- I'm taking the points for Seattle at home. Obviously, they got the great home crowd. Chris Carson has been running the ball really well. Uh, and, and, guys, you mentioned it uh, multiple weeks, Jason. DK Metcalf, guys like this are stepping up. Tyler Lockett is a, a solid, reliable receiver. Uh, they do lo- lose uh, Disley, the tight end, who I like the way mm-hmm. he's been playing. Um, and the, and the defense has looked susceptible, right? Like this is a team that gave up rushing touchdowns to Baker last week and, you know, gave up a lot of yards to a team that hasn't been moving the ball that great. 
And I, I, I like this game actually going over, which just feels like sacrilegious with these mm. two teams' pedigree on the defensive side of the ball, but they're not the defenses they were five, ten years ago. Exactly. I love all those points. I, I'm really conflicted as to what to do with this game, but at this point I feel like I have to lean towards Seattle. you got to trust Russell, Russell Wilson over Lamar. I know Lamar, Lamar's done great things this year, but... He's also done some not great things this year. They've had they've had a real up and down year. It feels like they're they're playing up to their down competition and vice versa. They're just they don't seem to be able to step up to that challenge every time. That's what concerns me the most about the Ravens in this game. I'd take Seattle in the points almost no problem. The over, I I I see where you're coming from, Kyle. It makes a lot of sense. I don't know that I would touch it though. Yeah, it seems you know, these are two teams that want to run the ball predominantly. So if it suddenly turns into where they're getting, you know, having tough times scoring in the red zone and we're settling for six, seven minute drives with field goals, that, that really can crash and burn. I, I'm with you. I think there's going to be plenty of scoring opportunities and long drives. I just really do worry about if they're able to cash in. I think J-Mac said it, you know, it's just almost I want to stay away from this. I, first of all, I hate Pete Carroll watching him chew and smack his damn lips up you and really down do. the sideline. <laughs> you really it do. It's kind of amazing him. that dude's like the oldest coach in the league, though, when he looks 15 years younger than Belichick. It's true. Exactly. I don't I don't know what – I need to get Mike Leach's comments on Pete Carroll because I feel that they would be elite because I don't trust Pete Carroll. I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's like a gremlin. If he's not a human, if there's something underneath. That's a sleazy a, guy for sure. Yeah, If he's an alien that's invaded our world and trying to take over the NFL, I don't know. But we need to get more details on exactly where Pete Carroll's come from. Um, I'm just staying away. I, I hate yeah. Seattle, but at, at this point every week, they're making me look like a fool. So I, I guess you, I guess Russell Wilson can take a team that'd be probably 2-14 and 14 without him. And, Oh, and be 15 and one great for them. But I mean, I don't know how you don't give Russell the MVP at this point. At this point, you have to, I think. I mean, Deshaun, maybe, but uh. this is not a good team around him. It is not a good, is a below average defense, a very average offensive line without an elite wide receiver and a seventh rounder starting that freaking running back. I mean, this is not a team with a lot of talent. It is absolutely Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. So I'll tip my hat. I love Lamar coming in the year. I love the Ravens. I mean, I would take the points just because I just I can't buy into this team yet. I, it's not enough. They've just had a lot of luck on their side. You know, Greg Zerlin missed a field goal. It's a little different. So I, I'm just not ready to hop on Russell bandwagon yet. I'm just not there. So you're yeah. taking the three and a half. I mean, I can see this game being decided by a field goal, but I think I'm still laying the points. And the reason I would take the over, even though I agree with what you said, there's definitely the potential of seven-minute drives here, is this feels like a game where a, a lot of points, and maybe in a weird way, but just way too many points are scored in the second half. Uh, it, it seems like a game that could have 28 points scored in just one quarter. Exactly. And then right, everything right, else is weird. Point. Like, you just have a second quarter of – you know, a play action bomb to Tyler Lockett, then Lamar busting or Marquise and then Brown. a kick return for a touchdown. You're like, 21 points in four minutes. Well, just, I mean, that, that's how these games feel with Seattle. But just, just want to, I think to you guys' point, I'm going to stay away. I'm going to enjoy it. I hope it's a good game and I hope Lamar Jackson scores a ton. So, yep. Uh, well, Sunday night football, we're in for quite a treat. Doug Peterson guaranteeing a victory for the three and three Eagles. Heads on the highway down to Arlington, Texas, where Jerry was disappointed last week and on his birthday in New York with a loss. Dallas uh, somehow is a minus three favorite. Vegas is giving away money this week. 
uh, for people voting on the Eagles with an over under of 49. Uh, Jay, Matt, keep us reasonable to start this discussion and give us some non-biased breakdown. So I, I really, I was talking to Kyle earlier in the week about this, and I think that this Cowboys team to me could be a 13 and three team as easily as they could be a three and 13 team. I really don't know what's going on and I really don't want to overreact on them yet. I think they've lost games that they really couldn't necessarily afford to lose. They could definitely come back to bite them. And I definitely think I I feel like, and it's maybe you guys can steer me in a little bit better direction. I don't know that you can on this one, but I think this team, I think red Jay has lost this team entirely and, or maybe not entirely, but it's getting there. And yeah, he's I, losing the locker room, which it's been the fans for a while, but not the locker room. Correct. And I think that is that's something that's hard to deal with. I think they underestimated the Jets a lot. I think they underestimated Sam Darnold coming back. That Jets def- or uh, that Jets offense is not necessarily bad. And Todd Bowles, before he got fired, was building a pretty decent defense there. Not the to give them a, pretty good. a whole lot of credit because the division's going to end up screwing them at the, in the long run no matter what happens here. And they're still in a year or two away. But Adam Gase has got that offense clicking. So I don't... I, I saw that, and then I, on top of that, it felt like the Cowboys' defense was absolutely gassed last week. It was a hard week in practice. Jason Garrett's been running them hard. A lot seems like there's a lot going on there, and it just they felt tired. They seemed like they were making a lot of sloppy mistakes. They weren't, and on the offensive side of the ball, they weren't handing the ball to Zeke. You have a ninety million dollar running back that you're not feeding. That makes zero sense to me. That's coaching. That's coaching. That's coaching. I can't say it enough. That all being said, this Eagles uh, secondary is terrible. And they didn't. They haven't done anything to fix it yet. Now the trade deadline's two weeks away, so there still could be a lot done there. But this is a great time for the Cowboys to be playing this Eagles team. We're going to learn a lot about both these teams, I think, this week. A three-point line. I don't know what I would do there. That's pretty much a pick 'em just because of home field advantage. I'd probably lean towards Dallas. I'm not betting on this game because I'm not betting on Dallas again this year because they've screwed yeah. me every single time. Uh, I, I bet forbid against, you. I forbid myself. I forbid yeah. Jason. I bet nope. I bet against them last week, and it was incredibly gratifying. I hate to see the loss for you boys, but at the same time, I love to win money, so that's what I'm all about. Um, yeah. So I, that's kind of where I'm at on it. I, I think they're still – I think people are overreacting a little bit, though. I, I don't 100%. know what they are yet, but I think they've played – they've lost some easy games they shouldn't have lost. Dude, people are absolutely overreacting. This team was three and five last year. Um, they started to go on a streak. I went to the Saints game. They won 13-10. Like, this is a team that can get hot. It's essentially the same roster. Um, a few things are different, but this is a team that can get hot. It's a team that doesn't have their great left tackle and really good right tackle, a team that didn't have Amari in the game, and a team that has guys playing safety that really aren't NFL-caliber players. I've, I've done nothing but knock Jeff Heath, and, and, you know, I respect him, but no, dude, like – there's no way that that should have been a 92-yard touchdown. So I think no. there's a few things that they can correct easily and get right. But the biggest thing is getting healthy and just trying to weather the blows and, and stay in the mix until then. This line is weird, though, man. Like, there's no reason Dallas should be favored in, in any game right now, but especially to the Eagles. So that tells me Vegas has some some insight, and it's a total stay away from me. I'm not betting on Dallas anymore. I'm going to watch the game and enjoy it. Uh Try. 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 <laughs> to your point, though, they need to not abandon the run game. What continues to happen is they run Zeke the first two possessions, and it hasn't generally worked that much. Mm-hmm. And then they just just piss on themselves and do crazy stuff for the rest of you know quarter and a half of that of the first half. And then they come out in the third qu- quarter down 
you know, 15, 20 points like these last three weeks and just run the hell out of Zeke and it works. And it's like, just don't abandon that so early in the game. I think that's going to be key. And because uh, you don't want Carson Wentz on the field against these DBs. You just don't. It's fair. Jamie, yeah. where's your head at? It's the game that Garrett wins every time. He's an absolute master motivator. He's a hand clapper. This is what he does. When he's on the verge of losing his job, it's every Cowboys fan is like, it's thank God, true, Garrett's yeah. out, baby. Eagles are coming to town. They're going to lasso us up. Garrett's going to have, you know, a pink slip on his car when he walks out. I, I mean, it, this is every year there's a game like this where you feel like we're finally getting rid of him. And then we get this all-in effort. We're going to get Dak, who's going to go off. To your point, Jay Mack, this is an atrocious secondary. Michael Gallup's probably going to have a career game. Um, I, I would certainly fire him up anywhere you got him. This is a great spot. Uh, Amari Cooper's not going to play. Um, if you yeah, got a fantasy team, I'm going to tell you right now, the injury, if you read between Why? the tea leaves, you look playing. at where they practice, who they've signed, he's not going to be playing. So um, you can count him out. Maybe that moves the line when that finally gets announced Sunday afternoon or whenever. But uh, Omari Cooper's not playing this week. So fire up Gallup, he, huge week for him. I think the defense comes together. We do match up well, uh, speaking. As long as we get everyone back, we had a lot of injuries in the secondary to that Jets game. Uh, you know, Chico and Byron Jones were out at one point. So, Kyle, to your point, we had backup safeties and all backup corners in, which yeah. didn't help. Uh, no Deion Lewis one-on-one, -on -one, please. Yeah, my God. No so, um, I'm not throwing this team to the wind yet. I, I, the you offense shouldn't. has still been very much humming. To Kyle's point, with the, the obviously losing Lyle and uh, Tyron Smith were, were two huge losses. And uh, Connor McGalvin, I think it's how you say his name, their, their offensive line pick, uh, who was banged up. He's supposed to – the plan was to push him inside next year to push Connor Williams to right tackle and let Lyle Collins walk. Well – he came in, they realized he was a shit guard, that he can't play football, and he's banged up. Like, we're going to extend Lyle Collins and not do this. So that, that's kind of what, what went on there. Um, I'm staying away from it, as we talked about. We're just not. But it, it's a situation, a game where Garrett seems to really get up for. And if for some reason he doesn't, he should be fired. I mean, at that point, you have Rod Marinelli on the staff who can take over the head coaching positions. Nothing changes for Kellen Moore. He has 100% of the play calling ability. Any report saying that, Garrett plays are shifting through him. This isn't Lenahan anymore. Yeah. He's gone. We're gone. We're done with that. So that's not Colin Moore has a hundred percent of the play calling ability and Dak can has the ability to audible at the line too. So if you want to point any blame, you can point it at Dak and point it at Kellen Moore. Uh, but Garrett is doing what he should and he's letting his coordinators call the game. So maybe th this week he's probably going to get more hands on. And I think we're going to see that And the Cowboys are going to get a victory. I'm going to say 31, 24. Yeah, I think I, I like that pick. I think Doug Peterson guaranteeing that is is ill advised, but I understand from the motivation standpoint of it. I just don't. I just don't think it's a good team to guarantee that against because Dallas is like just to Justin's point. They could be a top five team or a bottom five team on any given day. I'm with you, JB. I'm not giving up on the offense at all. They're second in yards. They're tenth in points per game. That's still pretty good. Uh, it's just a team that has to get healthy. And like I said, you know. Find a way to get in the playoffs, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, yeah. last week I, pissed me off. I will say just to one other thing, I don't think there's any way Jason Garrett doesn't make it to the end of the year. Yeah, I he mean, can't get fired midseason. It's literally impossible unless he, like, slaps Jerry or does something to mess up Jerry's money. Like, 
just starts dissing like Miller. It just starts drinking like Bud Light and eating at Domino's instead. It's yeah. like and drinking Coke. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, God, help us all. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes, though. Well, yeah, I, I'll agree with you. I, I don't think Garrett get, gets out of here before then. But um, And I said last week to J-Mac, I mean, no one picks him up. If right. He's a free agent. <laughs> no. He won't be a head coach in the league next year. So, Jerry, Jerry that's one of my biggest questions. Jerry, you're not losing anyone. I don't understand yeah. this. This this isn't as if you're losing a perennial head coach of, of any nature. So, uh, whatever. Pro football focus still has Dallas Cowboys, the number one offense in uh, efficiency rating. So, we'll leave out of that. Well, let's move into our final segment. Best bets of the week here. We are moving forward. Uh, you know, we're all kind of trading back on abysmal weeks, but we certainly head into the uh, week seven of NFL and week eight of college football with a 23-15-1 record. That is pretty solid, guys. So I appreciate the heavy lifting you guys did last week. I went 0-3, one of my losses by a half a point. And I think I've had three college football losses all by one point or less. So that's been fun to deal with. <laughs> you got to gamble so, your way out of it. That's how you do it. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's unlucky or just the right or wrong side, but um, Cal, I'm going to head to you first for a college pick. Where are you taking us this uh, fine college Saturday? Man, so I'm actually going to take a team that I've taken once on this pod already this year, and it did work out for me. And I'm going to take the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys at home. They're minus three, three and oh, minus, I'll go minus three and a half. It looks like the uh, average here against Baylor. And I think Baylor is incredibly overrated i know they're ranked i'm not falling victim to somebody ranked 22nd because they beat up on some teams they shouldn't have beat iowa state you know i, I don't know how baylor keeps winning these games I, I like oklahoma state to take care of business at home by three and a half easy it's not terrible I actually, like I actually was looking at that line too my college lock of the week lsu taking on mississippi state 18 and a half point favorites they'll cover that easy no problem i think that's a good pick Wow. That Mississippi well, State I'm team is head, I'm ahead uh, for a 2:30 kickoff. This is a huge game for a lot of folks here in Dallas, Texas. The SMU number 19 ranked Shane Bouchelle led head with Temple coming into their land minus seven. Lay the minus seven. Shane Bouchelle, it's unstoppable. Kyle, Kyle's shaking. I don't even know if Kyle can finish the show after hearing Shane Bouchelle. Shane Bouchelle minus seven with SMU at home. I was, I was so close to taking this as well, man. I'm actually going to jump on this right there with you. Wow. J-Mac, and I, this is a double down. This is a double-decker down Shane Bouchelle drop. <sighs> Boy, Kyle Beats, where cute. are you at? I will not partake in this. Okay. this blasphemy. I don't want anything to do with SMU. I don't know who they are. <laughs> okay. It's fair. Wow. All right. Well, let's move to NFL picks of the week. Kyle Beats, Shane Bouchelle cannot invade your territory here yet. Where are you looking? We don't know that for a fact. Um, I am actually so I'm not, I'm gonna go to an over under here. Uh, I didn't. There's a lot of a lot of spreads that I like, but I like a lot more so on the teaser factor. Uh, my NFL pick of the week. I'm gonna go under 42 and a half in the Monday night game with the Pats and the Jets, and I'm a little nervous about that. I wrote it down, and you started talking to me, you know, pre pre show, and I was getting a little nervous. I think the Patriots defense locks this Jets offense down to 10 to 14 points, somewhere in that range. And as you talked about, I mean, the Pats have been very mediocre on the offensive side of the ball. I think that continues. They'll do enough to win, but it won't be incredibly sexy. And the Jets defense is fast and decent. Um, so I'm going under 42 and a half. Okay. I'm going to bet that I'm going to bet that game two ways here. I'm going to take the spread for sure. And I'm also going to take the over under because I agree with you on that. But I mean, they've, 
they've covered every time, so I'm not co- too concerned about it. Um, I want to give one more, though. This is going to be my official lock of the week. I'm taking the Detroit Lions on this one. Okay, so your, your one best half. bet is uh, plus one and a half? Yep. Cool. Is this just Kirk Cousins' fate? or what, what, what? You guys are both – well, now I'm worried because you both are very confident. In the Kirk Detroit Cousins Lions. can't have two good games in a row. That's just how Correct. this universe works, Justin. <laughs> Correct. Three? <laughs> three. Oh, yeah, I guess right. that's true. Three, yeah, you're right. We'll see. That's right. not happening. Well, I'm going to head to a game that we talked about at Nauseam here and one you both disagreed with me on. Uh, Chicago Bears minus three, minus 120. Again, I just feel like we're in a nice spot with Matt Nagy, and I love betting against what both of you like. I don't know why. It just makes Sunday more fun when we're when we're bantering back and forth. Sure and does. The Cowboys aren't playing then, so I'll definitely be texting. I Can't hate wait. these Sundays when the Cowboys are losing, so I don't want to text with you guys at all. I know. I dipped my toe in that water this week to, to try to – dangle some 49ers things out there and nobody bit and i was like these guys are upset i'm gonna <laughs> leave it alone respo- i don't think i responded to like tuesday like oh, yeah, I, I saw know. that i was like i'm not dealing with this bullshit right now <laughs> i, 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 I can't i can't I, I you know what and truthfully i don't listen to i truly don't listen to much sports when the cowboys lose because you know they're so yeah. saturated in a national network i just avoid it because it annoys even going to work Oh, another Cowboys loss. Yeah, I watched the oh, game. The yeah, don't, I know. Is yeah. Awful. I don't need to hear it when I go to work. Jesus. Absolutely. Oh, all right. Bears minus three. Uh, Cal, let's wrap it up with our dogs of the week. Who's barking on your end? Man, so I wanted to I wanted to take the other end of that. I wanted to go plus three on the Saints, but I, I'm going to refrain from it. And I'm seeing multiple lines across here, so let me know if this is a true underdog. But I'm seeing Houston on my book at plus one, and I, I'm all yep. over that. I know you guys – like yeah. the Colts. And, and I think it's fair. Like, I don't think this is an obvious one. It's just something that I'm obviously showing some bias here. And I like the way Houston's playing and we saw him win how many games in a row last year, nine or 10. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah. this is a spot where Deshaun keeps it up. Uh, we'll see what Marlon Mack can do. He's been a bell cow. They're coming off a bye, but I'll take Houston plus one as my, my dog of the week. Cool. J-Mac. My dog of the week is going to be going against JB. Once again, I'm taking the saints plus three and a half. There we go. We're keeping things spirited here, man. We don't want to agree on everything. I guess so. Well, my dog of the week, I'll change it up. I'll head to college, and I'm going to stick in the great state of Texas as uh, Les Miles heads down to Austin, uh, to Cal's territory. I I haven't been a huge UT fan so far this year. I'm just I'm not sold on exactly the team that they have in place, and I like what Les Miles is doing. Get plus 21 and a half right now. I just think it's a tall number. Yeah. Uh, certainly Texas could be able to score, but I think 21 and a half at this rate's a little bit tall. So it's going to be my dog of the week for you guys. Yeah. They, they fought that OU game and kept it around that number. So that's I what like I'm that saying. It, it, yeah. It seems like less, less miles is getting up for these big games. Yeah. Yep. He, he's got a nice game plan. Well, well, guys, we appreciate you sticking around. We're going to have uh, J Mac wrap it up and get us on out of here. All right, we want to remind everyone to follow us on social media. That's Sensibly Loud Media on Facebook and at Sensibly Loud on Instagram and Twitter. And remind everyone also, please give us a call. Chat in while we're doing the show live. But we want to hear from you guys. Uh, that number is 972-885-9361. As we show tonight, we'll answer any questions, any voicemails, anything like that on the show. We want to hear from the fans. We want to hear what you guys are thinking. So please reach out on social media. Give us a call again. That's 972-885-9361. And we'll, ha- we'll see you guys next week.